everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. My wife was just impugning my guns, but I've got them. <laughs> okay. I've got them. So the good news is it's a beautiful day. The bad news is the same person who tweets is still tweeting. But we're going to go on with the show anyways. And we got a great and show. And it's Rammy Day. It Everybody's is Rammy getting ready Day, for finally. the Rammies. All these Rammy Woo! nominees are going to find out who won, who lost, yep. who got sick after the Rammies out front right. of the convention we'll center. We'll report all that. that later. All yes. right. So sometimes it pays to have a bird brain or maybe a brain for bird. Uh, Farm Bird's a counter-service restaurant specializing in uh, fresh, antibiotic-free, humanely raised chicken. It opened a couple of weeks ago on 8th Street. It's kicking butt. And Dan Coslow and Andrew Harris are in. They're two college buds who got together on a flyer and put this thing together, and suddenly they're moguls. They're in, and we're going to hear all about it. Okay, so we'll be talking chicken in a little bit. But have you ever watched a Cirque du Soleil show and looked at the athletes with all their, like, sinewy bodies and thought, God, how do they eat? That's why I was hanging from the curtains in the living room <laughs> yeah, today, just I to know. practice. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk to Chef uh, Catherine Irwin. She is the chef for Cirque du Soleil, and she is going to talk about how she feeds those athletes. But then we're going to get totally athletic in studio because we have Coach G in, in with us today, and he is going to give us a good workout. Um, he is totally into healthy living, positive thinking, and fitness, and we can all use a lot of that. So we'll talk to him later the in the show. the name of his business is scary. It's called Sweat DC. Well, don't you, I just want to work out and not sweat. Can no, I, I want to sweat. Sweat? Are you uh, kidding? I'm right. sweat a lot. And James Nelson, who's the beverage director at BLT Steak, is in. They've just uh, opened. Hi, James. Their, where is James? He's James over was up there. late doing inventories. He's yes. kind of stoned He's kinda, over there. He's um, kind of tired. They just uh, remodeled their rooftop that overlooks the White House in Beautiful. downtown DC. But you're mm -hmm. not allowed to look, or the you know sharpshooters will see you. But okay, enough. All right. Uh, and he's brought in a bunch of new wines, interesting wines. We're going to be trying them. Mm -hmm. And, oh, is it me or you? <coughs> I, I this know. was you. All right. So, oh. Chad Cortner is in studio with us today, and we're going to be talking about vermouth, which they serve at bin 1301. I didn't know vermouth was considered wine. It is. It's yes, a, you it's did. It's just a different category. That's did not I? true. I don't know anything. All right. Well, let's, are we starting with it? <coughs> are we going we, to Mitch Well, first, first we're going to go to Mitch. Okay. Uh, Mitch, are you awake and with us? I am here. How are you, boys? Good. Mitch Berliner Hi, from Mitch. Central Farm Markets. We're going to find out. This should be like the peak moment for farm markets uh, this summer, hey, right here, hey. the first week of August coming up. What's out there, Mitch? Do me a favor. Don't get ahead of me, because that was what I was going to say. <laughs> Don't <laughs> argue with me. Right I've got the microphone. Mouth. Right. But anyway, <clears throat> that's exactly I got not much more to say that there is so much abundance, abundance here. And the melons are unbelievable. Do you even know what abundanza means? Melons. They're about four or five pounds each. They're gigantic. Mm -hmm. um, every kind of cantaloupe, different kinds of watermelons. I don't know if your listeners have had, but they're really one of my favorite peaches, the donut peaches. I'm sure you guys have had them. I um, love donut peaches. They, and they're, but they oh, don't last long, those donut peaches. That is exactly That's because we eat them. It's a right. very short season. And, uh, you know, they might be like three, four weeks, but it's the height. We have yellow. We have white. We have all kinds of nectarines, yellow, white nectarines. Mm -hmm. We still have all kinds of berries. 
So we've got a lot of things overlapping. We have uh, um, Twin Springs, who's planted many, many, many varieties of blueberries so that they're actually going through the entire season with blueberries. Wow. And, of course, we've got our usual live music, fabulous lettuce, great food to take out, homemade soups, you name it. You well, name yeah, because you have a lot of prepared foods there. Like, what's, like, one of your favorite vendors? What's somebody doing that's fun today? Well, you know, it's like saying who's your favorite kid. I know, uh, I know. But anyway, I'll tell you what we've had that's unbelievable. We have Bund Up. They do Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. And they source all the products from the farmer's market. They get it from uh, Liberty Delights. Do you know Shane, the farmer uh, yep. from Liberty Delights? Of course. Been his family farm has been He's a in big the family dude. since the mm-hmm. – He's is huge. enormous. Jeez. Enormous. Don't mess with and him. matter of fact, uh, we, we buy some meat sometimes to make our uh, skinny salamis, mm-hmm. but uh, Shane has made it perfectly clear. He says there's no skinny salamis on his farm. <laughs> but um, to make a long story short, the bund up people go over to our seafood uh, vendor and mm-hmm. get soft shells, prep the soft shells right there, pan fry them, and put them in their homemade buns with homemade kimchi it is yeah that sounds delicious all right it's unreal we're gonna have to wrap up i just want to clarify one thing you said you have watermelon isn't it watermelon oh stop leave him alone well i don't know but in the meantime (laughs) your your listeners can decide how to pronounce it and they can go on centralfarmmarkets.com and learn all about us okay all right right, thank you see you out there mitch thanks once again all right bye bye all right, so Chad. let's go over to Chad. Let's yes. talk vermouth. Yeah. Well, let's talk Bin 1301 first okay. so people know what it is. Bin 1301 is the, the little wine bar that could. It's a, a very well-kept secret. has been for a while. We, uh, we're over on uh, U Street right in the middle of all the action. Why mm-hmm. keep it a secret? Oh, trying not to. Well, That's no, why I'm here. it's not a secret. That's why it's here. <laughs> That's right. It's been too long. So, right. you know, we've got, we've got a lot of good programs we've been working on for the last couple of years, and it's, uh, yeah, we're very, very happy to get the word out now. Well, tell us about the concept of bin. So it's a wine bar, it, and right. uh, it's it's not a typical wine bar. I think most people have this idea that wine bars are uh, frou frou and frou frou. You know, it's like a library where you're just you know sniffing and analyzing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my idea. And uh, you know, our our motto is that we are the we're the we're the the classy dive bar of wine bars where we okay. can we can have nice things and have fun too. We do live jazz on the weekends. Mm-hmm. You know. But now, but you guys also serve food, right? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But is it so? Is it a wine bar and a restaurant? Like, how do you do? You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, that's is, sort of one of the things with wine bars. Like, are you supposed to be serving? We have, have some food with the well, wine. Well, you have yeah. snacks, but some people serve are more restaurant, so full restaurant. We, we we do have some of those things that you would consider wine bar staples. We've got mm-hmm. the bruschetta, we've got the hummus, we've got the warm olives and the spiced almonds. That's what and I want. And then we have a whole another section of things that. I, I generally describe as being, you know, neighborhood approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got things like uh, grilled cheese and a homemade tomato soup. We've got uh, Yum. Um, a really nice charcuterie board. That's obviously that's more wine bar. Mm-hmm. But uh, just just sandwiches and sausages. We uh, we get a lot of stuff from Stakowski's over in Georgetown. Sure. So uh, our sausages are on point. Yeah. Does Chad not look like Kevin Smith on a fat day? No. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Thanks. Directly. Put me in your next movie. Radio is the theater of the Uh, mind. All right. (laughs) Vermouth. How is vermouth made and how is it a wine? Okay. So so everybody's familiar with uh, fortified wine, sherry, port. 
things like that. Mm -hmm. So this is that same similar category, but we're just going a sl one step further and we're aromatizing it or we're macerating it with different roots or spices and, and things of that nature. So okay. imagine sherry that you've then macerated with herbs. So vermouth specifically. Uh, Are the you saying you're a macerator? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So the uh, with, with vermouth specifically, you're going to uh, the main component that needs to be a part of the a part of the deal is uh, wormwood. People okay. know wormwood, absinthe, that mm -hmm. that herbaceous anise flavor. Even though with most of these, you know, you really it's not it's not a strong overbearing flavor. Okay. Um, then you've got other categories of fortified wines like uh, quinquinas that use uh, chinchilla bark, and you've got uh, americanos that use uh, gentian root, which are real. Mm -hmm. Bitter Italian. All right, okay. what are you what are you gonna mix up first? Yeah, what are you giving us first? Uh, first, I just want to get. Uh, most people don't realize this is something that you can enjoy just nice and simple on the rocks. So I've got a nice uh, Spanish vermouth that I'm gonna put on the rocks. Cool. So we're just gonna, gonna dip on that to that. get started. All right, let's all right. So bird. let's turn to Dan and Andrew and let's talk about Farm Bird. Who wants to tell us how this all came to pass? Uh, I can. Okay, okay. the both are shy. Yeah. So. Uh, Dan and I were uh, living in New York. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, and we were eating a lot of meals at our desk mm -hmm. and basically kept coming to grilled chicken. You know, right. it's a healthy protein, lean, uh, you know, living that kind of lifestyle. It's, Pass some of those forks over, boys. Yeah. We're going to try I'll it. just use my fingers. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it was just, uh, we kept coming back to grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. um, so we thought we could do... Go ahead, keep talking. We could do a restaurant where we serve grilled chicken mm -hmm. uh, at the center of a healthy menu. Right. But so what was it? Why here? Why DC? Were you in DC already? So I grew up in Roanoke. Uh-huh. Uh Dan's from southern Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh so DC is kind of central to both of us. Mm -hmm. My uh my mom's side of the family's been here a long time. Thank you. Okay. And so how did you come up with the dishes and the ideas? Like, let's hear it. So we we um, mm -hmm. pretty much everything on our menu started with something you know like a dish that we've eaten before or something that we you know a way that we love eating mm -hmm. chicken, and then we kind of tried to make it our own. Okay. Um, so sort of I guess the thing that's <coughs> the closest to sort of like what you would imagine at a, a classic chicken place would be our barbecue ranch plate. Right. You know I grew up uh, taking you know chicken breasts, throwing them on the grill. Right. Uh, you know putting some barbecue sauce on it, and then I actually personally used to. To take uh, cheddar cheese and melt it on top. I really like that combination. Okay, that sounds delicious. <laughs> What's wrong with that? So he's a glutton after my yeah, own heart. Yeah, cheddar cheese maybe a little bit weird, mm -hmm. but I don't think uh, so. That's kind of where that dish started, and then it was like, okay, well, we don't want to do cheddar cheese, but mm -hmm. barbecue and ranch uh, can be a really good pairing if okay. the ranch is made right. Uh, and the ranch in this case gives us that nice tartness, but then we also add a lot of herbs to the ranch okay. uh, to kind of brighten up the whole dish. Mm -hmm. And then so we. Now I'm just looking at the chicken. It looks like, how are you griddling it? Like, you're not, it looks like it's got, like, a real nice sear on it. So, how, where, yeah. is it a griddle? Like, what are you using? It, it is a griddle. Um, the the whole chicken cooking process mm -hmm. is, like, a, a basically a five-step process. Okay. Um, we sear the chicken on a grill that's set to 500 degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, we want to sear it as hot and as fast as possible so mm -hmm. we don't impact the internal temperature or texture at all. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because you've got a really nice, like... Well, it's almost like a poached texture. Do you Thanks. know what I mean? Yeah. In the interior. Did you have to juicy. go to, to to school literally and figuratively to learn how to cook chicken? Yeah. I mean, we spent three years on the cooking process. Wow. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. And so why? Well, let me just jump in. Why the organic? And you know, was that because you thought your market would want that, or because that's important to you guys? So we actually didn't uh, didn't start out with that. Um, you know, going into this, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't necessarily know a ton about chicken, and. We started cooking a lot of chicken. I ordered a commercial oven. I had it in my apartment up in New York. We were Look cooking chicken all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were doing, you know, blind taste tests, like triangle right. tests. You know, get two of one brand, get one of another, you know, and see, you know, can you pick out the two that are the right. same, right? And we found that actually this stuff does make a big difference. You know, we were having people over for dinner, and they were consistently p picking chicken that was that was raised better, right. uh, even though they were cooked the same way. <laughs> well, I've tried. I've got chicken and rice and Mac and cheese and kale. I've tried them all. They're delicious. Thank what you. is the sauce or whatever that's on the rice? Uh, which one? It looks it's like barbecue. Different. I think that's yeah, the barbecue chicken. Range. No, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Thank it's you good. so much. Really good. All right. We have to take a quick break. We're going to take it now. And then when we come back, I want to talk about, like, because it's a fast, casual concept. I want to talk about how people come in and order and all the other offerings. That and the kids' have. menu. Okay? That yeah. sounds great. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Dan Coslow and Andrew Harris about their new restaurant, Fast Food, Casual. Fast called. Casual, not Fast Fa Food, Fast, fast fa Casual. Fast Casual Food. I've got Lexdixia. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> what? So I'm just looking at... Did you um, laugh? You laughed. I did a little God bit. God bless you. I you know. Wonderful. We should like, know what that one already. Say? So one of the things I was just going to say, because you know, chicken is such great protein, mm, you know, mm, for mm. those who are watching what they eat... But I was like, what can you do for people who are watching their carbs? Because all the dishes you brought are have rice in them. But you guys do cauliflower rice? Yep. That's such a smart idea. It, are people into it? Like, do they want it? Yeah, people have been really excited about it. Cauliflower rice is great. Yeah. yeah. How do you prepare it? Uh, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, so we take the cauliflower, uh, break it down mm -hmm. uh, with carrots, mm -hmm. uh, mix in some spices, and then we toast it in the oven mm. so to dehydrate it a little bit. Okay. Um, and then we just like basically cook it in large batches on on the stovetop mm -hmm. just for like five minutes. Like fried up. Yeah. It sounds just, like Nikki made cauliflower pizza that way mm -hmm. as a, at the, instead of the and bread. And cauliflower fried rice. It was, yep. Can you make cauliflower mac and cheese? Uh, we could try. I'm sure you can. Give it a shot. <laughs> if you, if I you, highly recommend it. If you come in, I'll I'll make you cauliflower mac and cheese. I'll come in. Right. Okay, so when people come into your restaurant, how do they order? How do they figure out? Like, let's tell people who haven't been yet how this works. Sure. So the first kind of decision is format. So mm -hmm. we serve plates, uh, salads, and sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And then once kind of you've decided that, um, you kind of pick an item within that category. So let's say you decide you want the barbecue ranch plate. Mm -hmm. So you're going down the line. Uh, you're not going down the line. You just order. Uh, you just and, and order. And, yeah, and then pick up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can choose uh, chicken breast, chicken thigh, or tofu mm -hmm. uh, on that plate. And then in the case of plates, you can choose one or two sides. Right now, we have five sides to choose from. That's great. And so your sides are, we have greens, mac and cheese. What else you got? So we have uh, sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. mac and cheese, uh, Brussels sprouts, a corn and tomatillo salad. And then right now, we have just whole strawberries. Um, we're actually going to be turning over the sides uh, in the next week or two. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, if you just get one side, it comes with that kale salad just as a freebie. Okay. Um, what am I eating here? Is this onions uh, pickled, and rice? And uh, pickled red onions, uh, crispy shallots, cilantro, and uh, spicy roasted Fresno sauce. Well, this is great, guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, 625 H Street Northeast. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for bringing all this delicious right near food Sam in. and Alyssa. Thanks for having yes, us. Yes, that's true. That's right. Right, okay, so. Chad, this is really refreshing and super yummy. Yeah. I really like it. Um, tell us um, 
a little bit more about how you have your vermouth collection. Like, how do you go about collecting vermouth? So on the on the menu itself, it's broken down into the different categories of the different styles of aromatized wine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, in, in specifically in the vermouth category, you have you have three basic styles. You've got a white dry, you've got a white sweet, and then a red sweet. Okay. Um, so it's just kind of you a know, red. I didn't know that there was red vermouth. Red sweet, yeah, sweet vermouth. That's that's the uh, what makes a Manhattan. Okay. And so, uh, uh, but but again, just as just as nice and easy to drink on its own. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of uh, there's been a kind of a big wave lately of of, of low ABV cocktails. So this this plays right into that because most of them come underneath twenty percent. Okay, what are you pouring for us next? Uh, next, we're gonna do uh, uh, because most people haven't truly had one a proper gin martini. Okay, cool. Well, you're doing that. Okay. All right. We're going to get on so, the phone. All right. So uh, Cirque du Soleil's OVO, which means egg in Portuguese, mm-hmm. is coming to the Eagle Bank Arena August 16th to the 20th. And you have all those incredible athletes. And somebody's got to feed them and feed them right. And on the phone with us is Catherine Irwin, who is a chef who actually helps feed those people. Catherine, are you there? I am here. Hello. How Hi, are Catherine. you? Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. I mean, we can talk about OVO in a minute, but um, I guess the first question is when you're get because you've got all these athletes who are um, in top shape and uh, you've got to feed them right. How do you go about, and I assume each one has their own sort of health regimen. How do you go about doing that? Feeding, what is it, up to 50 people on the road? No, we actually have over 100 that we feed on the road every wow. day, lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50 of them are athletes, and the other 50 would be the technicians or the people that actually do the behind the stage. Right, but they don't have to eat as healthy, right? No. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some of them do. Okay, so we make our menu. We do it every week. We we try to do as much clean protein as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a lot of chicken breast. We do a lot of fish, a lot of steamed vegetables. Um, hearty carbohydrates like quinoa, sweet potatoes, brown mm-hmm. rice. Mm-hmm. And then on there are days at dinner we are allowed to do two proteins. So we could do something like a baked pasta dish or a meatloaf and pair that with a leaner protein, the fish or the chicken or some sort of lean lean meat as well. But do you have to work closely with the performers as far as their diets or is it you're just kind of given carte blanche to create I mean, whatever is it, it is you want? individualized? We, we do a buffet style. Okay. And we have requirements that we need to meet. Mm-hmm. For example, we couldn't serve just fried chicken. We would have to serve fried chicken and then a baked chicken as well. Okay. And we just have to try to meet as many, as many dietary restrictions or preferences as possible. Mm-hmm. They do come to us and say, hey, would you mind making this next week? Or do you mind if we have sweet potatoes on the salad bar? Or could we get some different fruits for the fruit basket? We try to be as accommodating as possible right? while still trying to please the other 90 people on the show as well. Sure. And so, but as you're traveling with them, where do you source your food from? I source a lot from local vendors. Okay. Uh, the majority, like the bulk items, like the flour, water, sugar, butter, that all comes from Cisco. Of course. Uh, but the other items come from local farmer's markets, fresh fishmongers, uh, cheese markets. We, luckily, we have enough time usually between cities where I can source out those items ahead of the time. Mm-hmm. So I've already sourced out for the next few cities where we're getting the produce from, where we will find 
the fish or the cheese or fresh local fruit. That Could sounds you, like a lot of work, though. Yeah, you're on the road. I mean, this is a traveling show, so do you have to do, like, advance work to find that's those farmers? That's what she farmers? just said. Yes, well, that's I mean, what she just I mean, said. No, no, no. I guess I'm asking it the wrong way. How much advance work and how much in advance do you have to go out and find all that? Because I just do a couple days. I'll send a couple emails, make a few phone calls, mm-hmm. and see who is in the area. A quick Google search these days will come up with local farmer's markets or local produce stands where you can go year-round. Now, well, how, how we, did you get this gig? Like, how did you wind up doing this? By 100% chance. I was living in Tampa, Florida, and I was running a small catering company, my own business. Okay. And I found a posting on Indeed looking for a traveling chef, and I said, oh, okay, let me just try it out. Mm-hmm. I'll give, you know, send my resume in and see what happens. And the gentleman at the time called me and said, hey, come out to the arena here in Tampa. We want to interview you. So I came out and I met my sous chef, Mark, and we made uh, it was like a burrito action station they were doing for lunch today. I came up for the interview, so I helped him out. We did the lunch, and then I said, wow, this is, you're literally packing my bags up and joining the circus if this is the job. Right, that's what I was just thinking. Like, you literally (laughs) joined the circus. How cool is that? It's pretty crazy. It's uh, it's definitely a, not as hard as working in a restaurant as a chef. You know, that right. seven days a week, 90 hours a week. It, out here, it's a bit different. We work five days a week. We have time off. Uh, we're like a small family that lives and works together. But when you're making the meals, the are you making breakfast, lunch, and dinner for everybody? No, we just do lunch and dinner. Okay. Style, and then they have like a... I don't, like they can come and make eggs for breakfast if they want and toast and cereal. Like we have that continental style available for them all day. All right. Well, let me take you from that to the show, which, uh, com- as I said, comes to uh, uh, the Eagle Bank Center on August. What did I say? August 16th, right? Mm-hmm. So what is OVO? Tell us about the egg. The egg. It is a show about life-size bugs and their props are larger than life. Mm-hmm. It's a very colorful show. Uh, lots of awesome acrobatics and contortionists, and it's a very wonderful show. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it, and it is really fabulous. Yeah. You know what they call a contortionist in the Philippines? Oh, God, please, no. Catherine? Don't answer, no, Catherine. I don't don't Manila, answer. A manila folder. I was, <laughs> Thank you. I was just there in Manila. Well, that's what they've got, manila folders. Yeah. I've been waiting since I was 12 to tell somebody that joke. All right, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. And for people who are interested in OVO, it is... We want to get tickets. We want to get tickets. I think the dates we have here are incorrect. No, they're not. April? That's not correct. No, August. Oh, well, it says April here. Okay, there it says April. (laughs) That's copied from the thing. Okay, so no, it's August, right? August 16th to the 20th. Okay, great. Do we go to Ticketmaster? Where's the best spot? Yes, you can go to Ticketmaster. That's correct. Okay, great. Thank you. We should add, if you haven't seen a Cirque du Soleil show, you got to go because these people do incredible stuff. I mean, hanging from a piece of fabric 30 feet over the stage Mm -hmm. and doing all that stuff is unbelievable, and that's just a tiny bit of what they do. (laughs) So go, go, go. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Have a great day. day. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, um, Chad, I mean, seriously, I almost like, I almost like said something like I shouldn't have said on air when I took a sip of this drink. I was not prepared for the punch that it packed. <laughs> it's very good, but I just wasn't prepared for it. I was like thinking vermouth, even though you said you were making something else. <laughs> a- so what is? So we're doing it. We're doing a very classic gin martini. You know, right. a couple of the cocktails that I picked to do today, 
are there, there, there's nothing wild and crazy. It's a couple of classics. But the reason why I did that was because uh, <laughs> the classics are classics for a reason. And these are two classics that uh, can be made very, very well or they mm-hmm. can be made terribly. Right. And uh, and the vermouth really is an important part so of this. So when you do so when you do it, how do you use the vermouth? So with, with the with the gin martini, what mm-hmm. we did today was a uh, uh, a two to one with the uh, Bombay <laughs> Sapphire with uh, one ounce of the uh, uh, the Dolan dry vermouth, which is a French vermouth, and um, it, you know the the, the the vermouths have character, and that's mm-hmm. what they're intended. You know nowadays you hear these people say like, oh, just wave the bottle by it. You know they right. A lot of times people are just basically ordering gin or vodka just up. When, right. when they're, they're they're missing out on that next layer of, of character. So uh, the gin, the vermouth, a little dash of orange bitters. So mm-hmm. it should be just a... Well, let oh. me ask you a question about, because it doesn't vermouth sometimes go into a martini? Yeah, that, well, that's, that's what you're what drinking. You're well, drinking. Right, but I mean, no, no, no. Hello? Well, I wasn't listening. No, okay. no, no, no. That's actually a martini? Welcome yes, to the party. this yeah. is a gin martini. <laughs> I wasn't paying. I was eating the How food. much rosé did you drink last night? But why do people keep... The vermouth out of their martini because well, a, a lot of time they'll well, exclude it. For a long time, vermouth has been very mishandled. So, like every bartender's got that rail next to them. They've got the the rail vodka, the rail gin, the rail rum, and then they've the got that. Stuff. And they've got like that that year and a half old bottle of like you know martini rossi right. vermouths sitting there. They're 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 open. They're at room temperature, and they've been sitting there forever. Vermouth is perishable, so it needs to be taken care of. It so needs it's to be covered. And a lot of people who are really into martinis recognize that and don't want it don't absolutely want yeah absolutely because they want the good stuff yeah they want the good stuff okay. well, it just it's, it just hasn't been taken care of did you actually say this was a martini this is a, martini. Did, a gin martini I was, twice. I was busy eating farm bird rice okay here. <laughs> what are we doing next uh next we're gonna do a manhattan all right cool we're cool. gonna let you do that and coach g come we're gonna have take a, seat. a commercial first oh do you want to take all right we're we gonna take it. a commercial and Coach G can come sit down, and we're going to sweat in studio. This is David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, I just want to thank the folks that make this show possible. Our friends at the Market at River Falls in Potomac, mm-hmm. the most amazing specialty food market you've ever seen. It's so pretty. I love that market. Forget pretty. The food mm-hmm. is awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friends at ProFish, the freshest fish. Everybody, Every restaurant in town that's worth its salt gets its fish from ProFish. It's true. And uh, uh, Celebrity Cruises, mm-hmm. and our friends at Central Farm Markets. You heard Mitch Berliner earlier. The, earlier, earlier, the one of Bethesda's popping today. It, it sounds like. All right, so let's get to Coach G. Let's do it. Coach, Hi, Coach G. G. Good morning. Is a tall dude who was a pro basketball player in Rome, and now he runs Sweat DC, which is a personal training operation. And he said, even old farts like me can get into shape. <laughs> yeah, we. So, d- Tell it. us a little bit about Sweat. Yeah, so Sweat DC is a amazing concept, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, of course, yeah, of I mean, course. How else could it but be? I think w- what really separates Sweat DC from a lot of other "quote unquote" gyms is that we bring a party atmosphere to the fitness world. Mm-hmm. So think about going to the club, like lights, everything's dim, the amazing sound systems. We do personal training, we do small groups, but our main like bread and butter for the food. Uh, the conversation is um we have a our class where we have like 25 people going it's low the beats are rolling so while we're strength training while we're working out you kind of forget that you're in that vibe but you're in pain mm-hmm. yeah but you're right. not trying so i think some people when it comes to working out and you know there's all these different workout systems now whether it's like 
you know, spinning or solid core or CrossFit or, CrossFit or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it just seems like a lot of it is sort of torturous. You know what I mean? Like, they want you to hurt yeah. a lot. And is that <laughs> sort of your angle, too? Or you're like, no, we can make this fun and you can still get in shape. Yeah, I'm totally opposite of that. Like, okay. I think that you have to make it a fun experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, the gym should be, like, uplifting, right? Like, you should leave the gym feeling better than you did when you came out. Mm -hmm. So... I put it like this. I wouldn't pay anyone to kick or spit on me or yell at me. Right. So you shouldn't do the same with me. Well, you're not right. a masochist, obviously, <laughs> but there are people out there who love that. Now, how do you help people with their eating? Oh, man. That's like the biggest thing that we have to like. Well, that's what try I was going to gonna ask because once the they leave the gym, there's a whole other world out there. Yeah, so there's like yeah, cookies you can't and eat cakes it and up, food. Right? You design. How do you do it? Yeah, so we definitely talk about nutrition a lot. I mean, uh, one of our big things we're always talking about is protein and getting a lot of protein into their diet. We had a lot of protein this morning. Yeah, I was a lot of carbs. I was really impressed. Actually, I thought when I walked in here, I didn't know what. Like, I was going to see, like, cakes and cookies everywhere. Right. Sometimes. Or what. That was last week. Last yes. week. So, uh, actually, like, good selections out here. But, um, you know, I always think that nutrition needs to be easy for people. Mm -hmm. You can't come from a place where it's really difficult to make those changes. So. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you're going for a barbecue or something, we always talk about like grilling chicken thighs or something just like simple that people can do that they like that makes it a lot healthier. Right. But what about like the when carbs. you help people with their diets, like do you restrict them on breads or sugars? Like what are your what are your how do you help people? You know, like. Like eat healthy, yeah. but without feeling like they're dieting. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I really think it's not a cookie cutter approach mm -hmm. and it matters the person. And one thing different about our approach is that we're less about telling you exactly what to eat and more about trying to build up skills, right? So okay. like no one's stupid. Like you can Google, what should I be eating? I know, really, so, like if you eat cake, like I'm, I'm it's stupid. a problem. Right, you're gonna get round. Yeah, you are stupid. How dare you say no one's stupid? Right. I'm stupid. He, when it comes to food, he can be. He makes bad decisions. Yeah, well, we all make bad decisions. So it's like, mm -hmm. how do we build up those skill sets? So. We give a lot of people some skills like, uh, all right, if I'm going out, what's something I should do? Like, right. all right, eat a soup first. Or I did, I say eat before you eat, mm -hmm. which sounds really weird, right? But like, if you go out to eat and you're starving, right. you're going to make the worst decision ever. Sure. A hungry mind has never made a good decision, mm -hmm. right? So eat a little bit before you actually go out. And then you'll be like, oh, I want the kale salad with some chicken. Because right. that makes you feel better. But yeah, if you I've never said it that way or even <laughs> said that. <laughs> You thought about it though, right? No, not mm -hmm. even. <laughs> yeah. And um, what about staying hydrated? Like, what do you recommend for people when they're like pre-workout? Like, when somebody's coming into you, do you say, okay, this is what you should do before you're in, while you're in, and when you leave? Well, first you should always get some vermouth before yeah, you right. work out. Obviously, that goes my kind of coach. <laughs> right. You just won me over. Yeah, right yeah. There. you know, it's we always funny. have wine at the front. No, definitely want to stay hydrated. Um, people forget that when you're not hydrated the mm -hmm. correct way you tend to actually feel like you're hungrier. So a lot of times with those hunger pains or those cravings that we get are because we're actually not hydrated enough. So I try to say like you drink, you know, at least I try to get people on a gallon a day. Whoa. But a gallon a day? Yeah. Of water. Of water. Wow. It's not as hard as you think if you keep it in front of you. Right. And keep the bathroom close. Right. <laughs> well, it's good, you know, I it just is have important. a bucket. Right. <laughs> or, just, or a simpler way. He is just your puts pee, it on the side. Is your pee clear? <laughs> Huh? Is your pee clear? Right. You know, if your pee is brown, then you're not drinking enough water. Right. Or something else is going on. So, but so <laughs> right. But your pee should be clear. Or it right. could just be kidney cancer. Right. Or, <laughs> either, either or. Um, um, 
so um so you ask people to hydrate a lot but like you have coconut water right? yeah i mean is that how do you feel about coconut water do you think it's really everything that everybody says it i is? just read something that completely debunked the value of coconut really well but because it, the internet's full of both sides of everything yeah so. exactly um so one thing is good about coconut water is it because it tastes good to some for some people I they tend to delicious. they tend to drink it more mm -hmm. most people don't like water right so uh one this is actually just like core has a new like flavored line of water mm -hmm. it's only like five calories but the great thing is because it tastes with a little bit of flavoring they have like watermelon flavor different berry flavors mm -hmm. people tend to drink more of it mm -hmm. so you know it's, if if you're normally drinking a coke all day or diet cokes all day i'm gonna say all right i'll take this as opposed Instead, to just right what did we just have by bai bai which yeah. is supposed to be three calories that's essentially i don't know what it is it's it's I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know is it infused water or electrolyte yeah, water? Yeah, infused I mean, there's a lot but of infused sweet. water. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's sweet. I don't know what, but anyways. Yeah, but a lot of things, well, <clears throat> just kind of getting with the, back to the drinks, because mm -hmm. I guess we're doing a lot of drinking today, um, <laughs> is I tell people, you know, I'm not going to be a trainer that says don't drink ever, because right. it's not realistic. Right. Try to stay real with people. But you could do like a vodka soda or a vodka with a flavor of water, right? So right. now we're doing instead of tonic, yeah. which is really high in calories, oh my right? God. Everyone thinks tonic, right, Chad? <laughs> no tonic. It's so much sugar, and people uh -huh. think that it's really good for them because it's clear. Right. But we know that Sprite is clear, and that's not really good for us either. Right. Very good point. <laughs> so. so now in your gym, let's talk about some of the exercises that you do. So like when you're doing the group, mm -hmm. what's what? Well, what I wanted to Why do are you is interrupting me? I want, well, only because <laughs> I want you to talk about it specific. You know, people who are <clears throat> in their 20s and 30s and maybe early 40s, you know, their classes and all of that stuff. And you and I were talking before the show yeah. about – I mean, I go to the gym. Uh, I, I don't, I'm, you know. I'm sure I have, you're getting to a point here. I am. But you know what? <laughs> okay, let's this do it. This is marriage, everyone. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. What do you what What can you do for people? Who, I'm older. I'm 68 years old. So, and I'm in, probably in as good a shape as I can get myself into. It's uh, maybe I got to control my diet more. But what maybe about workout? A little bit. Workout, just a touch. A quiet over there. Okay. Workout regimens for for. I hate saying it for senior bloody citizens. Ah! Ow. Yeah. You, you know. I really don't see age. I know it sounds like I'm just saying that. But yeah, I was going to say, yes, you do. <laughs> but, you know, like, different bodies work different ways, but I really think you have to not limit yourself age-wise. Now, if you have other issues, like when you're older, you might have more joint issues, more knee issues. You I might really wanna... got none of that. So can I get, I mean, the real question is, can I get a six-pack back? Can I get rid of, you know, I mean, at, yeah. at my age, can that go away? You definitely can. I mean, one of the most important things that you have to do is strength train. I think people cardio, cardio, cardio all day. Pick up a weight. Like, mm -hmm. let's throw something around and work on I your core I do more cardio also. than weights. Right. So huh. I would put it like this. The body. But don't you think it's hard for people, like, I hear what you're saying. I know weight training is so important, yeah. but mentally, I feel like I have to get my cardio in. Like, like my cardio. Really, I'm yeah. the opposite. I feel like I gotta throw a weight around. Especially really? Like, yeah. I, I feel like once you get into the groove of lifting weights, mm -hmm. you'll you'll start to learn to love it because it's like it's stress relieving. You get to like push something. Whatever you pushed last week, you might push something more, so you can easily kind of see how you're getting better. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to have a, one of the the issues I think, and I, I don't think it's just for me. Is first of all, you've got a routine. You probably shouldn't be doing the same thing every time, yeah. which that's I tend to problem. do because I'm familiar with it, and that's right. what I think of. Right. 
And that's so. why you like to do it because your body adapts, right? The body is the greatest thing at adapting, mm -hmm. but we want to get better each time. So you have to like lift up a heavier weight, try something new. So do your classes do weight training or classes or something else? And then you have the individual training too. Yeah. Uh, classes, everything we do is mostly strength training. We do a lot of core work. I would say the core is like the foundation of your house. So mm -hmm. if your house is not in order, then everything else kind of shuts down. That could right. be the problem with um, our house. Yeah, that could be the problem with the your The other core. great thing about strength training, <laughs> especially like because we all like to eat and drink when we're right. not in the gym, is it's the only way to really raise your metabolism. So when you do cardio, just steady state, mm -hmm. you're burning calories while you're in that session, but nothing's really happening afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason why if you put, in general, you put a male and a female in the same program, the male always does better or has better uh, results in the same time. Because? Because they have more muscle mass. Okay. So I love just getting people like to lift weights, especially females, getting them to lift weights and see those results. I don't need Nikki to be any stronger. She pushes <laughs> me around. <laughs> Enough already. All Can right, let's tell, tell everybody where Sweat DC is and how to find you online. All right, so Sweat DC, we're located in Columbia Heights. We're at 3232 Georgia Avenue. Mm -hmm. We had our grand opening yesterday. Yay, so, yay, we're here. We're there. We're ready to rock and roll. Uh, and online, sweatdc.com. Right, what's and the nearest uh, uh, landmark on Georgia Avenue? Hmm. Uh, we're about five minutes from the Petworth Metro, okay. walking straight down, and maybe about eight minutes from Columbia Heights Metro gotcha. walk. All right. Great. Thank you so thank you. much. Sounds like I should go there. Yes, That's I think so. Like. That's exactly All right, what thanks, it sounds coach. like. Thank you. All right, so let's talk booze and, and great vistas and panoramas. Uh, BLT Steak uh, it just reopened its uh, remodeled rooftop. It overlooks the downtown skyline and the White House. Uh, James Nelson's the beverage director there. He's handing out wine as I speak. What we need is more wine. Yes, thank you. Ooh, beautiful glass. So, James, why don't you start off with a little bit of a, an overview of here, get you into the chair. Of, uh, of BLT, because it's been a while since anybody from BLT was it's on. It's been in studio, yeah. You know, um, you know, BLT's been there for a little over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, We were there at the opening, we remember. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun place to work. You see, you know, the movers and shakers in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, we serve great food, great wines. Um, but uh, the rooftop event is kind of something new that we did this year. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a more casual approach to wine. Mm -hmm. um, I know, like a lot of people, when they, they they say when they come in the restaurant, it can be a little intim intimidating to ask or to look at the big wine book. Mm -hmm. and pick yeah, because it's a huge book, right? Yeah. How many wines do you guys have? We have over 350 labels. That's a lot. It's a lot to read through. It is a lot to read through. That's mm -hmm. why you have myself and the other sommelier, uh, mm -hmm. sommeliers on our team there to help the guests. But it can be a little bit of intimidating process. Do people mm -hmm. get there and really not know anything and need like a ton of help, or you get? People who are in the know. You get people from all sides of the spectrum. Some people, just, you know, just more comfortable asking somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, I've personally tasted through every wine in the whole wine cellar. Mm. Look at you! So you're sitting up straight. That's I know. Amazing. Wow, very good. Well, it, was, it was done over I a long that wasn't just last night. Yeah. Not just okay. last night. Right. He did say he was doing inventory. <laughs> yeah, a little sip here. Okay. <laughs> but I think the fun thing about uh, the rooftop event is not only is it beautiful, you get a beautiful view of the White House. Mm -hmm. The Washington Monument, the Jefferson Monument, mm -hmm. and you're enjoying, um, you know, pasta hors d'oeuvres and wine on the roof. And we we feature uh, three wines per month. Mm -hmm. um, so when is is it a singular event? When is it? Uh, we have um, it's the second Thursday of every month. Called okay. Wines so over Washington. Wines over, wines Washington. over Washington. The next one will be uh, August 10th. Okay, great. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's get into more of your wine program and the wines that we're drinking today. And they have a new chef. And they have a new chef. Too. We can talk about that, too. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute.
Hey, everybody. You're back on Booty and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. You just heard that ad from our dear friends at the market at River Falls and scenic downtown Potomac. Mm -hmm. I also want to thank ProFish, Celebrity Cruises, and Central Farm Markets for supporting the show. And now let's get back to talk of BLT, where really the best ribeye in the city, I figure, is there. Definitely. You guys have a new chef. We do. We do. Uh, Michael Bonk. Chef Michael Bonk. Is that his name? Is Bonk? Yes, sir. What a great name. (laughs) Bonk. He uh, started a couple weeks ago. Um, Where's he from? He was at last at the the pig. The pig. The pig yes. and the bird. Yeah, he doesn't know it, but I know. yeah, I know. <laughs> What's the pig and the bird? They're restaurants. They're two different restaurants. Okay. So he's in his second week, and uh, this week coming up, he's uh, debuting his first uh, what we call our blackboard menu, mm-hmm. which is the chef's special menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the chef gets the chef a little creativity, gets to show their chops a little bit, and um, he's bringing in um, his focus is going to be bringing in uh, whole animals and using uh, butchering techniques and using that the whole animal over the whole menu mm-hmm. and uh this the technique and the skill that he's shown in this snout to in tail. second week yes sir is just amazing the whole time i've been at blt it's most excited i've ever been to that's work very with somebody. cool so it's pretty it's how pretty long exciting. have you been at blt a little over three years okay that's really cool that sounds yeah. very exciting yeah for him to do so but for people who haven't been to blt in a while can you tell us a little bit you know, I think a lot of people just think it's a steakhouse, but there's so much more going on there. So can you give us a little bit of an overview? Yeah, so we're uh, more of a modern take on mm-hmm. the classic steakhouse. Mm-hmm. We do have your classic uh, steakhouse staples, mac and cheese, uh, mashed potatoes, potato skins, onion rings, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real star is the beef. We get um, some of the best beef um, in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the staff, you know, it's just seasoned and cooked. Well, I, the Perfect other thing everything. is, for people who haven't been around in D.C. long enough, BLT sounds like a sandwich place, but it's Bistro Laurent Torondel, right? Yes. To, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, he yes. was the founder he originally. He was the founder, yes. And he's, a, he's a, an amazing chef. You're, you're, you're me, I mean, really, the go-to place for a ribeye in town is BLT. And a little known mm-hmm. secret is we're, our seafood is just as good as well. We have I'm our, not our, knocking your our, seafood. Our, do- our, Dover, like our seafood. Dover sole is probably one of my favorite dishes on the menu. Really? Classic Dover sole with uh, uh, caper brown butter sauce. Yeah. Mm, a little sauteed bronzino. That's mm-hmm. right on the lighter side. So let's. Be, I, you know, I want to get us back to the thing we should not ignore is wines over Washington. Yes. You want to talk about some of the dates because that's really that's a well. And what you're serving up there, like what do you like? What we have, like what you brought in today. Let's talk about what you brought in. So um, for August 10th, our um, corporate uh, partner is Silverado Vineyards. Mm-hmm. So we're Been pouring, there. Right now we have Been their there. Sauvignon Blanc in your glass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's light, refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of herbaceousness to it, a little bit like fresh t- chopped herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and chef's uh, pairing that with um, mm. a buttercup oyster. That is light and refreshing. That's delicious. Yeah, perfect with oysters. Mm-hmm. So chef's not – a lot of times you do a wine tasting and they used to have these generic past appetizers. So I actually mm-hmm. sat down with chef last night before service and we sat down and tasted all the wines and – with the menu and paired each hors d'oeuvre with each wine. Okay. So, so when people go up on the <laughs> patio, so is there like seat? Like how is it seating? Like there's, is a, it there's a mixture of like uh, tables and couches with coffee tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's umbrellas up there to keep uh, the sun out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last month it was the hot, well, as that as of that date it was the today hottest. would be the day to go up there. Today right. would be the day to go up there. Yeah. Last month it was the heat down heat, heat index was over was over 100. Mm-hmm. But by the time that sun went down and we had ice cold champagne on ice, nobody every, cared. Everybody cooled down there. Right. All happy. So <laughs> okay. No matter what the weather looks like, it's still going to be a good time. Okay. So what are the two other wines you brought in today? So we also have a their Sangiovese Rosato, mm-hmm. which is a rosé made from Sangiovese, Accidenti. which is the classic classic grape of Italy, mm-hmm. primarily Tuscany. Yeah, I'll give you a spit bucket. You here? Thank you. Yeah. I'll switch there off we go. 
Seriously, so, if you want to have good wine and food, just get yourself a radio show. Right, exactly. Everybody. So what do you think about this rosé? Because like, I feel like people, everybody wants to drink the rosés from Provence yeah. because, you know, they're the originals. Yeah. So what do you think about this one? This one's going to be a little bit heavier on the palate. Um, I think it's a little more complex. Uh, that's why we decided to pair it with uh, some charcuterie. Mm-hmm. What does because complex mean? If you're complex you means well, taste it and you'll I just, see. It's, it's, it's got a wide variety of flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, a wine can be just fruity. But right. have nothing else. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's kind of one-dimensional. Okay. Right, but you know, so like a, a classic French rosé is super light. I mean, yeah. you know, goes down really easy. This is a lot fuller. Can I just have a lot more something. body? When I say what is complex, I'm trying to help like educate our listeners. It's oh, not you mean that, you're not that? Not that you're you have an to stand idiot. there and call me an idiot on the air. <laughs> Good lord! I didn't call you an idiot. <laughs> no, hey, I just said taste it. I think you said hey, stupid. Same <laughs> you know, thing. some some of the best wines in the world are you know aren't expensive, but they are expressive. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of different layers of. Uh, flavor going on in the wine. Right. Okay, and what's our last one that last we're trying? Last one is their estate cabernet. Okay. Where am I um, pouring? Where am I yeah, here, you can pour it in. Okay. And what is this one? This is a Silverado Vineyards. <laughs> okay, it's go right. ahead. Nothing got killed. I just spilled my wine. Okay. Thank you, Chad. Chad to the rescue. Chad Thank to you, the Chad. Rescue. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. Sorry, I'm dangerous. 2013 Estate Cabernet. 2013 was another great year for Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and we paired that with a New York strip bite with a arugula salsa verde. Okay. with blackberry preserves. And so is it just being passed around? Is that how that's happening? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. cool. Free-flowing wine. So, you know, come be ready to ha- drink some wine and eat some delicious Right, eat some delicious food. All right, well, let's tell everybody where they can find BLT Steak. BLT Steak is on 1625 I Street, about a block and a half away from the White House. And do you have to buy tickets to this event? Yes, uh, you can either call the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, or email our general manager at Bo mm-hmm. at BLTSteak.com. That's B-E-A-U mm-hmm. um, at BLTSteak.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you this very much. This is really yeah, the rose, I, Who made the rosé again? It's all uh, Silverado. Silverado. Everything is Silverado? Yeah. Yes. You all remember, Silverado is right next to the place where I want to retire. The best retirement home in America, folks, is about a block from Silverado. Okay. Imagine retiring to sure. Napa. Hello. You'll be retiring before I'll be retiring. I'll be but dead before you're dead. <laughs> that's, that's okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much, James. Chad. Okay, yes. Chad. You can stay there. You can sit. Show's almost Don't over. Don't go anywhere, James. Don't go anywhere. Just hang out. Um, all right, Chad. So you've made a whole bunch of really interesting drinks using vermouth today. When people come in to your wine bar, how do you introduce them to vermouth? Um, kind of the, the, the in the menu itself, I put it in the way. Mm-hmm. So people have to kind of stumble past it. It go, it goes from the the sparkling to the white to the rosé. You would think next is red. Instead, I put a whole page of vermouth and, okay. and aromatized wine and stuff in the way. So, and then when once the once they see the price point, mm-hmm. that kind of starts the conversation. They go like, oh, so we're talking six bucks. We're not talking about a fourteen dollar glass of wine. We're talking about six bucks. Right. So that itself gets the conversation. Am started. I the only person in America that thought thinks or thought that vermouth was not wine? I mean, no, no, no. A lot of people think that, and then, and that's what that's what's so important about that conversation. You know, mm-hmm. fortunately, Ben is an intimate enough space that we we can have that conversation, and we want to have that conversation. So, and how many vermouths do you guys have? Uh, by the glass, we're pouring twenty six of them. Wow. Yeah. And and are you able to keep the vermouth fresh? fresh? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we, I mean because... we are. You know, in the early days, we weren't moving a lot of it. There was a, but uh, probably one of the most gratifying thing is when I have like a 23-year-old come in and be like, they're calling vermouth, like, hey, can I get that Dolan Rouge on the rocks? I'm like, 
Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's You're so an alcoholic cool. at 23. <laughs> so that's a really, well, it's just a really fun, fun process. We, you know, in the, in, in a lot of it is the younger generation that's taking to it because mm-hmm. they're not, they're not, they don't have those stigmas attached where it's, you know, grandpa's, you know, Manhattan watch it, watch sort it. of old school stuff. It's more, yeah, the, it's more of <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the fun of having I these new categories. Grandpa. He is a grandpa. But I'm a grandma, so that's okay. All right, so how many countries, in how many countries is vermouth made? Because, you know, wines, I mean, there are wines in India, there are wines mm-hmm. in China. Is vermouth global? Uh, well, yeah, it, it, it basically started in Italy, in the, the, the Torino style. Then it branched out to to Spain and, and France. And those are kind of the three main European countries that are doing it. Uh, recently, um, the United States started doing it. Uh, I, I will say that the you know between Spain, Italy, and France, they've got sort of like this core belief in, in, in what the, the format should be like. And then the Americans, they just straight freestyled it. It's like it, they're all over the place. So do you get interna- – I mean because you're at 13th and you basically. Mm-hmm. Do you get international visitors who come in and have no idea they've never heard of vermouth? Well, in, in, it, it, it's more common over there. So like at 3 in the afternoon in Spain, people – No, are, not there. Like Because like the Japanese oh, are making oh. whiskey and – yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they it, it, it might be a little bit lost. They, they don't know what's going on there, you know. And if there's a communication issue, then they're not going to ask too many questions. So, right. you know, it's it's tough, you know, okay. but because uh, with DC being such an international city, but but it's it's fun to see when somebody from Spain walks in and they're like, yeah, this is this is this is what we drink with a little vermouth and soda on the rocks and. Are you making us another drink, or no, are we done? No, you better hurry because the show's almost. Yeah, over. we're doing Perones. We're doing family style now. All right, we're gonna do Perones. All right, we are gonna. Watch you do up. a Perone, or somebody else want to do a Perone? No, honey. What? The show's over. Okay, the show is over. Right, so you can still do it. We're yeah. still keeping on Facebook Live. Go to Bin right. 1301 at 1301 it's, U no, Street. No, it's 1308. Thir- 1301. 1301. 1301. Okay, hi, ha, Mike, I do it right. I would like the whole show to be right. <laughs> okay, uh, everything you heard on the show today, you can find on and don't follow me anywhere. Right. Okay. We want to thank all of our guests in studio. It was a terrific show. Um, you can watch it all on Facebook Live. And, of course, we'll post it on iTunes for our podcast. Um, everybody, please have a delicious week.